You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, relationships, love, and all things modern culture. Just to cover all the bases, I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thank you for joining me in my virtual living room. I'm in the actual living room of my guest for the week, and I'm so excited to be speaking with her because, as all my conversations go, she has so many brilliant things to share with this world. And yeah, um, after some some solo episodes that I've had, um, we're going to have our featured topic for the week, which is rejection, <laughs> with my lovely, talented, wonderful friend, Dia Frampton. Oh, thank you for the introduction. Hi, Dion. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm all right. Figuring some stuff out. Processing. Do you want to fill in our guests on your background a little bit? Everyone kind of takes a different spin on who they are, but how would Dia describe Dia? Um, I feel like I've lived so many different lives already. I've gone into so many different worlds, but, um, I was in a band called Meg and Dia for a really long time with my sister, Meg. Super wonderful. Um, thank you. And, um, I've since caught the acting bug. Well, I guess I've had it for like seven years now, but I really love film and TV and improv and all that stuff. I feel like the inner theater nerd that I wasn't allowed to be in high school, I can be now. Yes. um, Let it all out. Yes. So at, you know, if there's ever a play going on in Los Angeles, I am there and I'm crying or laughing or just dying to get up there. So, uh, love that and have still been doing music right now. I've been writing for TV and film. So that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so Um, cool. That, that'll be a fun rejection topic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So many ways you can dissect exactly. this. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing as far as day job and then a bunch of like random weird day jobs just to keep money flowing. So we know the hustle life. Exactly. I just well. got a job as a bartender. It's my first, I feel like I'm, and you really need to get used to the 2am, 3am hours. Oh my God. But other than that, it's okay. I really, I did a guest bartending thing for collab once in San Francisco on Polk Street, which is like the street of all the bars. And it was so much fun. Yeah. It's not, it's not bad. You definitely get some weird oh, yeah. people yeah. or some aggressive men. <laughs> but yeah. um, for the most part, it's just nice to have a consistent paycheck that you know will be coming in. For sure. And again, that like ties into so many things. I like, cause with this podcast, we've like, even if we start on one topic, we end up talking about so many different things. Cause obviously everything's very much interconnected, mm-hmm. but like being an entrepreneur and being a, like being an artist is absolutely being an entrepreneur, being able to build a business of yourself, of your skills, whatever that skill may be with you, it's vocals and music and acting. Um, it requires a certain grit. And just like flexibility too. Just like you have to adapt all the time. Yes. Yeah. And you have to try to not be too hard on yourself. Uh, which <laughs> before we were, uh, we pushed record. I had a little breakdown in front of Minji. Um, cause I'm really, that's what nervous. I'm here for. <laughs> I know. Um, 
about all opportunities because I'm such a perfectionist and, uh, and I feel like being on the voice definitely didn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on NBC, the voice for people who don't know about eight years ago. So but, um, amazing. That's how I learned about who Dia was you. and now we're friends and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like on that show, um, I started to get into this thing of like, oh, I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect instead of I need to have fun. You know, just I need to enjoy this moment. It was all about perfectionism because if you hit a wrong note on the voice, it's like death because they're judging everything. And it definitely (laughs) was millions and millions of people (laughs) tune in to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's internal too. It's a great community on the voice and it was actually really, you know, all the contestants were really kind. So it wasn't this... It's not catty or anything. Yeah. Ratty. Catty. It wasn't this catty environment, but it it was just all kind of this internal thing. So even now I've been trying to train myself to get back to singing songs instead of singing notes on a page. Um, Because I'll look at everything and I'll analyze everything. And when I sing a song, I'm not singing good for you from Dear Evan Hansen. I'm singing, you know, 200 different notes and which ones were correct and which ones weren't and why. That's so interesting. And that's the the part I loved about my past in collaboration, working with so many different Asian American artists. I'm just artists, right? Because everything that you do, and this, I honestly really think this applies to any job. Once you step into someone else's universe and you see what it takes to like be a singer, people might see, they see the product, they see the end product of like, hours and hours and hours of study and analysis and practice and trial and error. And like, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into being somebody who could be a professional musician. Right. And Mm -hmm. that is so tedious, whatever the job is, you know what I mean? Like quality assurance at XYZ company, or like you're doing HR. There's so many bits and pieces that make that. So I love that. I know one day I would love for you to sit down. I like just observe. I love understanding how things that's why one of my favorite podcasts is how things work or like <laughs> how I got here. Cause I love knowing the parts, the components, and then what it took to like make a song. Cause yeah. you write beautiful music oh, and I have you. no idea what that process is. You know, <laughs> a lot of it is luck and a lot of it is just the overall vibe because with music and with film, it's an interesting thing because, you know, my little sister played tennis and it was just her out there on the court and with music and acting, it's so much of a collaboration. And sometimes it's really just the vibe you get in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a songwriter recently, his name's Jeremy Silver, and we worked on a song to submit for this new Amazon Prime movie coming out next year. So we got the brief and, you know, they kind of want it to be 80s vibe, the Goonies, um, but it's Great all movie. a girl cast and okay. it's just a really fun film. And, um, and Jeremy and I met and we instantly clicked and we were just messing around with a bunch of stuff and talking about life and then getting back to the song and talking about lyrics and talking about David Bowie. And it, it just was such a fun hangout that at the end of the day, it's like, oh, the song's done. Yeah. And then at and other flows. times, exactly. And other times it feels like uh, I was in a 12 hour session, uh, with these writers who were very great writers. They had great, uh, resumes and got a, all the right cuts. credits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But we were like oil and water, just such bad miscommunication. Yeah. I'd want to write about something and then they kind of take the lyrics and turn it into something that they're feeling. And it was just like, we weren't on the same page. And so it was a 12 hour 
nauseating experience where I just wanted to go yeah, home. Like, was that 12 hours or 12 days? Exactly. Like, well, actually, I feel like that. Okay. So first of all, this, this rejection episode is about rejection in so many different ways. And that's, that's the tough part. I'm kind of keeping it free, like open ended because I want to be able to cover a lot of topics, but just to, just to like as a disclaimer, we might not hit all of them because there's so many ways people experience rejection. Okay. So I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. But one of the things that, you know, we can start with is definitely, you know, we've already started talking about that is rejection in the professional world and whether or not anybody listening. And there's a lot of people who listen who are probably not in the entertainment industry, but can definitely understand that there are coveted few spots that not everybody gets to play, right? And that's kind of what happens in this very, very competitive field, whether it's becoming a singer-songwriter or being an actor or director. I mean, it's just highly competitive field. And it's a very visible field. I think that's why acting and singing-songwriting is such a, is a great, like, place to analyze because people understand, oh, we know that person. We know how famous that person is. We've seen what kind of work that they do versus that or the unknowns, right? Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like it's a pretty relatable uh, space, but I want this to be something that's in our specificity of this entertainment world. It's still applicable to other people, yeah. to whatever it is that you're doing. And in this world, Dia, you've dealt with some rejection, right? I mean, I know you're fantastically talented and you have the voice of an angel, but I'm sure that you've like had to deal with your... I've so many times that it doesn't, I feel like it almost doesn't even affect me now unless I really am kind of emotionally attached to something. I'll read a script and just think, oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful story or, um, write a song for a movie and the song ends up being something that I enjoy and I love and the movie's great. And then you never hear back again. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is that, you know, I'll send in a song for, um, recently I sent in two songs for nobody's fool, the new Tiffany Haddish movie. And then I see billboards for it and it's already out. And obviously I didn't get it. Yeah. So it's just one of those situations where all these songs kind of go into a black hole. Um, and I've just kind of gotten used to the rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, so much so that I've kind of had a difficult time with, uh, we were kind of speaking about manifestation and, and believing in the universe and stuff that I almost feel like, um, what a, what an acting teacher said in the past that really stuck with me is your past predicts your future. So in my instance, I've been rejected so many times with either a role or a song that I've kind of predicted that that's what my future will be. So I'll go into an audition or an opportunity and just think, oh, I'm not even going to get this because why would they? So it's almost pre-rejection before the rejection even comes. And then, I mean, how much of that is showing up in the room that, no, I know I won't get this job. Yeah. Don't give me this job. Yeah. Because um, you're kind of like self-sabotaging yourself by just setting yourself up for failure in a way. I don't know. Like that's, that's the interesting part of manifestation because well, for anybody who's like not into any of that, but basically it's like what you believe is what will happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you think something over and over again, that's what will, it'll be in your energy. It'll be in your vibe. That's the energy you'll give off to other people. And it'll kind of manifest itself in terms of like, okay, yeah, I didn't get the part. Cause you're yeah. just like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. So that's why people on the, on the other side are very like, you have to constantly say and think and believe 
what you want. Like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. But ironically, sometimes that can screw you over. Yeah. Because then you're like hyping it up too much and then you're making it like too much of a thing. And then you're like too desperate and thirsty. <laughs> it's an, it's a tricky line to play, to, yeah. to manifest and to also be realistic, but also to not be too negative. It's, I honestly haven't really figured it out yet. And I've, I've tried to read some interesting books on it. I read, um, you are a badass by Jen Sincero, which I thought was helpful. It's very positive thinking. Um, mm-hmm. a book that I loved that you'll have to read yes, is ma'am. called big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. You've mentioned that book yeah. before. It's big a magic. really wonderful book. And I feel like when I read these books, I get really inspired. And I, I kind of had my little breakdown yesterday that you saw today <laughs> as well, but I, I downloaded, um, the secret, the audible book. And I was like, okay. I haven't actually read The Secret. I, mean, I haven't either. Yeah. But it's it's kind of about the same thing we're talking about. The, the secret to the universe is really believing and not only believing that you'll do something, but seeing it and feeling it and visualizing it as if you're already there. Like, I'm mm-hmm. already on the set of Star Wars. And my wardrobe stylist is so <laughs> hot because, you know, it's just like really getting into the details, details of what's details. going on. Yeah. Um, but I turned on the book yesterday and I was kind of just in my car, like ready to cry. And I was like, oh, I need to listen to the secret. And I turn it on and it's in Spanish. What? And I was like, what happened? I bought the secret in a different language. It just felt like such a big F you. You like, weren't meant to hear I that. I wasn't meant to hear the secret. You, you don't need it. Yeah. You, you are your own secret. Oh God. Well, I think that that's really funny because you know, rejection goes so much hand in hand with like, it's an experience, right? Getting rejected from a job or from a gig or from a person. Mm -hmm. And, um, like it's basically, I I think it just culminates from like, you put yourself out there yeah, and you got shut down, whether that's to your face, because there's so many ways that rejection happens to in like in the biz, but it's just like, it's the passive aggressive, like, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. We won't remember you. We already don't. Who are you? Why are you here? Um, yeah, the thank you so much for coming is like, yeah, you didn't get that. Yeah. Um, you pick that up along the way because you're like, yeah, that didn't go the way. And like, or the like complete ghosting. And that's a lot of rejection that I think is very applicable. Like dating, especially mm-hmm. people just ghost you and they just vanish. And that's a rejection of like non-communication. Yeah. Which is the funny thick skin that you get in acting. Cause like, again, you're going to like pour your heart and soul into a project and then all of a sudden see the project it's done. Yeah. I never heard back from those people. Okay. It's such a weird feeling in acting. And I feel like it's almost made me less empathetic towards, uh, people who have, I don't want to say regular jobs, but you know, yeah, a a more reliable day-to-day job. And my sister, my younger sister called and she interviewed for a job and she didn't get it. Uh And she really wanted this job. And I was like, welcome to my life every day times 10, you know, like, I'm, I get a no once a week at least. And mm-hmm. you got your first no from your job. Yeah. It made her so upset. But then I thought, you know, people aren't used to the level of rejection that you get when you're going in a room every day to be, you know, the nurse or yeah. the girlfriend or newscaster number one, newscaster number one. But it, it's, it's this weird thing. And, and people do experience rejection in all different ways. And, and for that, for my sister, especially at her age and her first 
big rejection from a company that she really loved. It was huge. Yeah. I had to take a day to realize that I had been kind of an asshole (laughs) and call her back and say, look, I know this is really important to you. Yeah. And I'm just projecting my own insecurities (laughs) on you. Because this is my thing that I'm like dealing with every day. But that's good of you. That's very mature and loving and sisterly Uh, of you. I'm growing. But rejection really is um, something that we deal with so much. Mm -hmm. And yeah, with everything, it, it can be... And in acting, it's oddly not personal sometimes because sometimes you can think, okay, they didn't want me because I wasn't old enough or because um, the lead character is African-American, so they want a white person or a Caucasian person or some kind of different ethnicity. So, you know, it's just this weird thing. I was so self-conscious. I was like, am I just too... I'm a short little girl. I'm petite. But I was like, is the height difference too much? Because, yeah, that is a thing when you have to film something and you need to constantly keep what's going to be in frame. I was like... Mm-hmm. And you, and then that's funny. It's like you, you will understand these things and they're very simple, objective facts and truths. But then suddenly you could go into the, to the tangent of just like self-destructive. Oh, well, like then my height's my limitation. Like I'm too short to be an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I've done that before. Have you done like where oh, yeah. you understand, okay, this is why I didn't get the thing that I wanted. And then you're like, oh, well, this is like the bane of my existence. I'm too Asian. I'm too, you know, whatever characteristic about me. Like, oh, I wasn't like dainty enough. They wanted like a daintier girl and I'm just too much of a tomboy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You can really get in your head and it's kind of the thoughts that we think are insane. Yes. I felt that way too. Like, oh, I'm like not Asian enough. I'm only half Asian. (laughs) And, and I never, ever, ever have gone out for a Korean role. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's kind of this weird spot because, you know, I look more Mexican or Hawaiian or um, Native American. You get the ethnically ambiguous roles, right? Exactly. But I don't want to play necessarily like a Native American woman because... that's not who I am. Yeah, that's not who I am. And there's so many... Or actually, there's not that many actors who get that, those opportunities to play their authentic selves mm-hmm. in that um, in that sense. And it's such a, a precious time right now. And um, it's always weird. But I always want to be something else than what I am. Like, oh, I wish I was more Asian. I wish I was less Asian. I wish I was taller or shorter. And yeah. and it, it's hard. Like, wishing you're less Asian, what does that even mean? My mom would slap me across the face. I know. And then it's, I have a lot of moments of like, this is such a like ridiculous problem in terms of like the first world problems. It's like, it's like a step beyond that. I'm like, I get to play make believe and I'm like, Ryan, and I'm like, I'm just not the, yeah, it's a very sobering journey. But it's also very funny, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it, because I think because of the regularity of the rejection, maybe there are some good coping mechanisms that we could share with people, because since it's a pretty regular part of like our day-to-day, um, in certain ways, I think it has made me more resilient, personally. Do you feel like you've come, you, like you're saying, like you come to a place where you're just used to it, so it doesn't really yeah. get to you as much? I have a pretty thick skin, but at the same time, I have this weird rule mm-hmm. um, or even my boyfriend knows about it, but I'm like, I get a day. I get a day to be down. If something happens or I lose a song on a commercial or I lose a part or something, yeah, I get a day to like sit in my room and feel sorry for myself and drink tea and watch Nurse Jackie on Netflix. But after that, I need to get back up. It, you know, it's a new day. I need to get back up on the horse. Yeah. And, um, I find myself doing that sometimes. I'll start to have this like little fit and I'll start crying. And then I'm like, uh, 
okay, I'm done now, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. I think that's important though. I think that's so great that you, d- I need to do that. I will take your advice, my dear. I'm going to put that Man. into like my, like strategies. Cause honestly, one of my, I think one of my Achilles heels, maybe, and probably is related to my dad. Um, but just being, I'm a very type A person. I'm very ambitious and I'm, I consider myself because I'm an artist. I'm like, I have a lot of empathy for others. I understand that we're vulnerable creatures. I know that we have feelings. Like I revel in those feelings, but somehow when it comes to my own stuff, (laughs) all of that does not apply suddenly. You know what I mean? Like I can be so caring and so like, Dia, you take as much time as you need to like get back up on your feet. You don't answer to anybody like you do you. But for me, I'm like, why are you crying? Even though I'm like, I would love to let myself cry and just have a day or even like an hour. I have a really hard time with that because for me, when I put that on myself, I'm like, you're being a baby. You're being ungrateful. Like Mm -hmm. you chose this. Why are you sad that you didn't get your way? Like boohoo. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm very self-critical and that's been an ongoing thing for me. That's why I appreciate the rejection because having to deal with it regularly makes me have to figure out, okay, there are going to be some, some rejections that are just crappier than others. Others, like I really could care less. But there's certain ones, you have the certain ones that you're like, I really yeah. thought that'd be really cool to do that project yeah. or work with these people. I really thought that they liked me. I really thought I had a shot and it just like, mm. That's the hard thing second. with manifestation too, because for me, you know, when I get a script or something, I'm like, oh, okay, if it happens, great. And if it doesn't, cool. But mm. if you manifest, you know, if I'm sitting in my room thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm like on set with Jeff Daniels and like he's looking at me and we're going to crafty together and I can see it. I can taste those Cheetos. It's just, <laughs> you know, then when it leaves, it's like, wait a second, I was with Jeff Daniels. I manifested we were that shit. We had a good vibe. Yeah. So then in a weird way, it feels like you you had it for a second. And yeah. it, it's this weird thing. But um speaking of coping, I mean, uh I, listening to Big Magic. I like listening to self-help books on audio while I drive because it kind of feels like somebody's pumping you up. It's it's. I love reading books on my own quietly and uh-huh. being able to physically turn the pages, but I feel like listening to books like that is like having a friend yeah. in the car with you who's just like, you can do this. Creativity is an open door. <laughs> Catch the tiger's tail. I love that. Um, I'm a big self-help like nut as well. But I do a lot of it through like, this was also the, one of the reasons why I wanted to make this podcast. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm letting you know, cause this is a conversation between Dia and myself. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I basically, I would listen to all these like inspirational YouTube videos and speeches and whatnot. And all of them are men. And so mm-hmm. there it's honestly, they work. I mean, they're super, super high energy. They're like, they're speaking a lot of truth, but at the same time, it's just nuanced differently because it's coming from a really amped up man. And that's a great, it's an effective message sometimes. And sometimes I was just like, sometimes you just want to be like hugged Mm -hmm. through the radio or whatever, through the airwaves. And like somebody say with just as much passion, just as much conviction, like you're going to be okay. You don't have to fight anything. You don't have to like destroy anybody. You don't have to like... You're not here to like annihilate the world. You're here to like love yourself. Like it's okay, you know, and just to balance that out. That's like, I wanted to do this podcast to be like, 
we need some nurturing in here mm-hmm. and some compassion because I feel like there's enough of this aggress- aggression kind of like it's a very I'm doing hand motions on a podcast and it's not very effective but it's just very like it, it's very aggr- it's just aggressive you know what I mean and yeah I'm a very aggressive person but I'm also very like I can be very soft and like I cry and I want that to be okay yeah and not feel weird about it and I don't but I do yeah anyway but I also think in what you're saying about the self-help and everything like that, do you feel like all the rejection has also given you a lot to channel into like, you have the outlet of music and acting, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that play into it? Like with your coping and when you're dealing with rejection and like, do you put a lot of that into what you write or? Yeah, I, I found that it really it's definitely fuel that I can either turn into something really negative or something that kind of fuels my storytelling abilities. And that has been really helpful. Even sometimes when I'm writing, cause th- my last record bruises was kind of really sad and dark. I love it. <laughs> Thank but you. it's helpful though. <laughs> but, um, this time it was interesting cause a lot of the music that I was writing was kind of similar to bruises. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, I've already written that record and what if I just try to write something that's happy and fun and upbeat and kind of fake it till you make it even in music. And it's been interesting because the music has been even, um, it kind of pumps me up. Like it was almost written by somebody else. Sometimes when I listen back to the demos, it doesn't sound like my song. It sounds like this other person who's singing something positive to me. Yeah. And, but it was you. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's this weird thing, but that's, that's definitely helped. And, um, yeah, I think being around positive people. Yeah. Uh there's a lot of people who complain a lot in LA, myself included. Um my boyfriend's helped a lot with that too. He's like, "Okay, we get it. You're feeling sorry for yourself." He's and wonderful then, though. He's such like he he has such a positive energy. And yeah, that doesn't really mean does. like delusional positive. That's also what I want to distinguish is that sometimes people put positive thinkers into like some like like you're not in touch with reality. Yeah, magical realm. Of- yeah. And I don't agree with that. A lot of the positive people I have in my life, the way that I try to include positivity in my life is to come from a place of reality. Yeah. It's to like check myself and be like, yeah, all this terrible stuff happened and I'm experiencing all these negative feelings, but there's also a lot that I am actually really grateful for. Yeah. And cool people are in my life. <laughs> I think gratitude at, at the end of the day is something... I mean, when I sit down, I, I list things that I'm grateful for every night before I go to bed. And I have been doing it for years, haven't missed a night. And it really resets myself. That's good. Um, and it can be anything from, I'm so grateful for my amazing mother who is A, B, and C, or like, I'm so grateful for that chicken pot pie I had today. Yes. Food so makes good. it so easy to be grateful. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm grateful for a sweater because it was cold today. I'm, mm-hmm. it can be, something so small, but it, it really puts things into perspective sometimes. Cause yeah, as actors, we're like, I didn't get the part. I didn't get the song. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, who cares? Yeah. It, it, in the scheme of the big picture and the world and, and people that you love, it really isn't as important. It really isn't. And I think that positivity to me, I kind of, I correlate a lot of that to the more positive I become. I think it's been coinciding with like my maturity Mm -hmm. because when 
I feel like something that I can kind of say what about my younger years was there was a lot more self-pity. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's a difference of just always feeling sorry for yourself versus like being self-aware. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, there's sucky things that happen to you and to everybody every day. But to like wallow in it a little mm-hmm. bit too long, even with rejection, like things that really did matter, things that like completely ripped you apart. Um, it's valid, but also to like stay there, that's on you. Yeah. And that's on me. Right. Like we all have the one friend who's the victim all the time. Every time. And it's really hard to hear. Yeah. And that, and then, and then people kind of, you notice like kind of start trickling away cause they don't want to hear it all the time. Yeah. You know? And like, okay, I'm sorry that that happened, but like, it's been six years, get over it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the other thing that I learned from collaboration, you know, we talk about artistry. I've seen several people who will get rejected from like a show, like they auditioned for collaboration showcase. And this is like an Asian American talent showcase, but I, it's so beautiful how much it means to them and that they try so hard. They rehearse and they just didn't make that cut that year. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm like watching people audition for me and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're so incredible. I think they just need to practice a tiny bit more. I think mm-hmm. next year they're an absolute shoe in and you never know how like, close or far you are from hitting the mark that you want to hit. But I see that there's a difference between people who like give up and people who, who just keep going. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm amazed at like, I mean, you're a very kind person. Cause in my head, when I'm going out for anything in my mind, I'm like, if I don't nail it, they're writing me off forever. And you hear stories about people like that who are, you know, okay, we're never having them in our office again. Yeah. Or you hear stories about people like you who are nurturing, who are, you know, a little, you're a little green this time, but come back in. And, and there is a huge, um, I have, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word, but, um, a huge advantage, Yeah, advantage to, um, doing things while I feel like I'm psyching myself up for <laughs> good. This is good. Let's go with it. <laughs> but there is an advantage to, um, to doing things when you're scared or nervous because mm-hmm. you can't, you know, I sing in my room every day mm-hmm. and I, I have had an extensive performing background, but even still I get nervous. Um, I guess to go back to my nervous breakdown that people are probably like, what is she talking about? Um, (laughs) I have an opportunity to audition for a musical tomorrow and I'm very afraid because, um, in my past, if a song is difficult or too high or out of my range, I can just move it down. That's kind of the singer songwriter plus side is you can just really make the songs best for you. Um, whether you slow it down, you speed it up, you change things around. And, and for a musical, you know, there's like three people singing with you and you can't just say, Oh, I'm going to move this song down to here. Cause this is my strong point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've never, ever, ever auditioned for a musical before. So I've had uh, a bit of a nervous breakdown the past week. And I was talking to Minji right before we started this podcast about, um, someone who I trust recommended that, you know, maybe I look into a prescription drug to calm my anxiety and calm my nerves and, um, you know, feeling like a failure if I don't go into this and still feeling that same fear, you know, people might think, Oh, she was on the voice. She's performed in front of 13 million people on television and thousands in person, but it's still that same crazy fear that I felt when I was a kid, when I was performing it for five people at the Utah state fair, I still feel those same anxieties. Um, which is totally fair. And that's what I feel like, 
you know, the cliche I still think holds true is that we do things that scare us because it's a sign of growth. We get comfortable because we, the thing that used to scare us is no longer scary to us because we we done did it, you know, done and done. And I'm used to it. And so you can say, oh yeah, I'm used to performing in like large audiences, but this is a new thing, being part of an ensemble, being part of a production that you really respect. Yeah. I can get really comfortable acting in my acting class, but now you're going to do it in front of like people who yeah. are not necessarily cheering for you there every and that's a that's a sign of growth and like that's the thing it's really hard to push yourself because it's terrifying and it's new but i think there's a lot of satisfaction and the win that comes out of that because you overcame that and that's where my brother like really pushed me he's like I don't want you to be a fearless person. I want you to be brave because you're going to be scared of so much. And at every point you're going to keep getting comfortable because you just like got comfortable. You got better and better. And now there's going to be that next level. And I feel like you're just at that next level. Oh, it's so scary. I yeah. so, I've already, it's so crazy. I've, I'm such a neurotic person that I've already played the 20,000 different outcomes, even the questions that might be asked, like, Oh, what, what, you know, all these things. I'm like, that's why you gotta go. I'm like really trying to convince Yeah. I know. But see, and then so many, I think there's a lot of people because of those different 20 different, 20,000 different outcomes, they don't want to deal with like hearing any of them. So they won't even try. They don't want to deal with the rejection. They don't want to deal with like the no. They don't want to deal with like basically actualizing their greatest fear. Yeah. Of that this didn't work or you, but then that's, it's such a sucky. You're like, you also just never even tried yeah. it. Maybe you could have gotten it. It's also weird because oddly enough, having Dia Frampton from The Voice on my resume, uh-huh. you would think that that would make me feel like, oh, super confident. But it actually is the other way around. You know, I feel like even just The Voice, just that title. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going in and they already have expectations. Like, yeah. oh, she should be good because she was on this singing show. When in fact, I don't feel up to par, especially for a musical. Cause you know, when I think of musical, I'm like, Oh, it's Adina Menzel and Leah Salonga and all these people that I would freaking kiss the ground they walk on. Like, why am I even on this ground? Get me on another planet. You yeah, know, like, yeah, that's yeah. how I get in my head. And then it's, it comes back to self-rejection and how, I mean, the best thing I think we could all do, or at least for me is let other people reject me, not let me reject myself. That yeah. is the worst thing you could even do deciding that somebody's not going to like you before they even meet you. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> you so already true. you've done you know, I'm going to reject me for you so you don't even have to lift a pencil. Let me just save you some trouble now. Exactly. Or you know those people who go on dates and they already have decided that it's going to be a terrible date. I have friends like that. I have personally done that myself. <laughs> it is so real. And I love that we're getting to this because I was like, rejection. A lot of people hear the word rejection. And they think automatically of relationships. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I would love to like touch on that because rejection in like, we're essentially saying like the meta of it is of being the fear. Oh no, rejection is the act of being shut down or turned away after you've attempted something, right? Rejection requires like, I tried this and it just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And relationships are the most intimate because for the most part, you'll spend some intimate time with somebody in a casting room. It's like, 
oh, okay, thanks. Um, she's too tall or whatever. Yeah. Or she looks yeah. too much like the lead girl. So we can't yeah. have two people to, you know. Stakes are totally different. Exactly. But that's so, why we started with acting because it's a safe space. Now we're going to go into like a little bit more. This is real. I think that's the first time anyone's called acting a safe space. I but know. It is, dating is really scary and I'm glad I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> it's like, I got, I got, a, well, it's funny. I did an episode with Kenji where we talked about fighting and mm-hmm. we kind of argued like on the podcast. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, and it is it, like being in a relationship is it's a whole other it's benefits and liabilities it's a lot of vulnerabilities and constant compromise and like everything but dating like when you're putting yourself out there to like meet somebody and honestly side note there's a tangent with like just making friends even like Mm -hmm. you're trying to connect with somebody in a very genuine way and it just ain't happening like it's brutal and it's it's usually, I mean, if for dating, it, well, it seems like, I mean, there's definitely the dates where you have, it's just a first date and it's no mm-hmm. on somebody's side, but lots of times you'll get two or three dates and then it slowly dissipates, right. you know, and over two or three dates, a lot of stuff can happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot. Of, I'm just kidding. But, just um, saying. you know, you get intimate, you can get intimate physically, you can get intimate with, you know, past details about your family or, yeah. and I'm a very hard on my sleeve kind of person. Me too. Uh, you know, we skip the, Oh, what, where did you go to school? And the just pleasantries. Like, exactly. This is what I feel about life. This is this my purpose. And- yeah. <laughs> and so you feel like somebody who kind of knows you on a, in a secret way is just saying, no, <laughs> Take care. And you're yeah. like, what happened? Exactly. And it's hard because I personally think I, like, I could write a novel on you. Maybe I will. This is like my future. But like at every stage, there's something that's on the line. And it's like your dignity. It's your <laughs> like, even on like, because I went through such, did you ever do dating apps? No. So I went on like a frenzy for a, a while. So I, I feel like How I write that. I want to know. It was really fun and it was really terrible and it was really educational and I, I don't regret really much at all. Well, there's a couple of things that I was like, mm-hmm. I could have done without. But That's again, the crazy thing though, just seeing someone's picture and saying no. Yeah. How many times have you seen a guy and have been like, maybe he's not your direct type. Yeah. But, um, nobody can see my finger quotations, <laughs> but, um, type. type. But, you know, maybe he might not be somebody you'd be attracted to right off the bat because a lot of the times immediate attraction for me, at least, turns out to be pretty sexual. Yeah. It's not like, oh, that guy looks like a very nice, attractive gentleman. Yeah. Man, that guy's hot. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) But I I found that my lasting relationships are with people that I might not have instant sexual or physical chemistry with, but turn out to be so funny, charming, smart, amazing people that thoughtful, intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see that shit on Tinder, which is the funny thing. And that's what people, it's, it's just like a do there's so much, Oh my gosh, we have to do like eight more podcasts Mm -hmm. about this, but it's just like assessing somebody within, you know, three to five photos plus a little like blurb, where you're trying to be so witty. Where you're like, I'm so funny, but I'm like educated. I'm not basic at all. But then you just like, okay, yeah, you are. I love the opening lines. That's what I've heard from my friends. They're like, you can't just say hi or sup. You have to say something kind of funny. If somebody has a picture of them mountain biking, it's like, what would you even say? I can't even think of anything. They I always ask him, Mount, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we oh, I went to Mount Kilimanjaro as well. I did too. Isn't it lovely? And suddenly you're British. <laughs> 
but that's the funny thing. And that's like, I've talked about several friends about the levels of rejection that people can feel, even just putting themselves out on a, on an app, like mm-hmm. in photo and text form. Like you're not even like physically walking up to somebody and being like, Hey, I'm attracted to you. But the, the notion that like, just by swiping right on someone, you're like putting out the vibe because they have to swipe back to like match. But like you're already putting yourself out on a limb to like acknowledge, hey, I think you're attractive. Mm-hmm. Which in the you know olden days, not even like a decade ago, that that act was a very assertive thing. You're yeah. like, I think you're cute, and that I think is great because it lets people be more open. But it's also just such a like you're just like going through a catalog, and yeah. you're just like so people don't mean as much anymore. So exactly. it's a pro and a con. If you and. It, it almost gets to the point of acting because if it doesn't work out, it's like, oh, I'll get a date right now That's while I'm sitting on the pot at the restaurant that I'm in where that person's waiting for me and I want to leave. Exactly. Not feeling this one. I think I'll just go to another one after we can cut this short and like, you good? Okay, bye. Like, exactly. Or not even that. Like you'll go on what one person thinks is a great date and the other person just wasn't feeling it and they'll literally just vanish. Mm-hmm. And you just had that one interaction. You had the connection on an app. And people ghost all the freaking time. That's actually something that I worked on. I haven't had to ghost anybody for a while. But um, I feel like honesty with that stuff, it's so hard to do. But I was talking to my friend Jeremy the other day. Um, and he was talking about that same thing and how hard it is to just be honest. Yeah. And my girlfriend, she was uh, trying to tell a guy... All, she was making up all these things on why she didn't want to see him. And then, see, this is the other way. They were going through all the the, the catalog of rejection <laughs> styles. What was she saying? <laughs> and for a second, I was like, how bad would the truth sound? Yeah. Just like, you know, we went on a few dates and I just didn't feel the chemistry like you did. And, but I think you're a really great person and I hope uh, you meet that right person for you. How bad is it to say that than like, Oh, I actually am going on vacation for five years. <laughs> or like, oh, I'm teaching English in Japan now, so I have to leave next week. It's like people come up with crazy. I have to shit. take my cat to physical therapy, so I'm just not a fa- yeah. I'm not available for dating you. Every time you ask me for a date, my cat all of a sudden has this thing. I but can't explain it. It's just it's a thing. I know ghosting is so. I I've been ghosted, and it feels terrible yes and so confusing and then you you and then you go through the myriad of things that like you could have done wrong did I use that word correctly yes you did but like you well you, done thank you <laughs> you go through all these things that that's when you get in your head like oh I shouldn't have I shouldn't have put the date at that coffee shop like yep. it should have been cooler or like oh I shouldn't have I shouldn't have talked about my exes or I shouldn't have mentioned Thanksgiving and what they're doing you yeah, know yeah. all these things you're like oh <laughs> We're my too gosh. far ahead too far ahead <laughs> exactly and was I making um, them feel like I'm because I'm not exactly I had too many beers. It's just like you go through your head. And when the fact is, um, like maybe they just got back together with their ex-girlfriend or maybe, uh, I don't know. There's a million potential answers. End of the yeah. day, I've ghosted and been ghosted on. And that actually was one of the learning lessons. That's why I was like, it was good and it was terrible because again, I'm the eternal optimist. I think those experiences are just feeling like completely out of my mind. Like what happened? What did I do wrong? I thought everything was like going swimmingly. We seemed to vibe, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or even rejection when like I wasn't vibing with them and just being so insecure, self-conscious, like, I didn't like you, but why don't you like me? Mm-hmm. I'm lovely. Or like, is there something wrong with me? Like, cause it just feeds into all of your own insecurities and like yeah. oddities. And you're just like, 
Uh, but one of the main things that it made me do because I wanted to be a person where I'm like, I am going to practice what I preach. And if I'm going to be hurt and pissed off that somebody did that to me, then I will do my best to like yeah. swallow my pride and swallow my fear and like be honest. So I actually learned the value of saying no and to find as kind of a way to do it. And so I actually practiced that and it was super uncomfortable at first. But after that, like really the first time was just awkward. And then after that, I felt totally fine yeah. because I was just like, Hey, I had so much fun with you. Thank you. And I had to mean it. I wasn't just trying to like, you know, BS my way through it. I'd be like, that was really, really cool. I like, I enjoyed getting to know you. I'm not romantically interested in you. I just like, mm-hmm. but I think you're a great person. If you want to be friends, like I would love to be friends with you and stay in touch. If you're not comfortable with that, that's totally fine. Yeah. Like that's what I said. I think that comes off really, I would much prefer that than being ghosted or like, um, yeah, like maybe we can hang out next week and then nothing happened. That's the that's worst. That's the worst. Being left hanging is like such a terrible rejection. And I am such a organized person. I'm like, it is next week now. It is Monday. <laughs> you know, I'm going to hit up so-and-so again. And, and, and even now I, I kind of have a rule where I'll hit up somebody twice. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, they can call me or it's just not happening. And that's kind of their way of being like, Dia, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> also, again, side note about friends in LA and we're the, in the flakiest part, a corner of the universe. Like, yeah. yeah, there's tons of like, yeah, we should totally hang out. And we should like, I was like, I actually mean it. So if you don't, I will take that as a rejection because that's just rude and sad. But yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's why when I said that, the reason why I kept going with it was a guy that I first rejected in that manner. He was like, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that to me. Wow, and I was really? like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. And then he's like, no, seriously, that's really like, you're a cool girl. Like, I honestly wanted to go on a second date, but if you're not, that's totally fine. But I, I appreciate you telling me that versus. Wow. Yeah. We actually had a conversation about, I was like, you can tell that he's had a lot of people goes. Who, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like lead them on, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's awkward. I get it. But those, that's my two cents. It's like, if you can like, again, we're all growing as humans face your fear. It was, I was so scared that I'm like, I'm going to break his heart. And that's also really kind of narcissistic. Like, okay, if I reject somebody, like I'm going to ruin their life. Like Mm. just cause you would be crushed. Doesn't mean they're going to be crushed. Yeah. You know, like, and And if they were, it'd be like, they're kind of crazy. A little bit. They're absolutely (laughs) in love with you after two dates. Like, you don't know me. (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) So yeah, I just, that was my big learning lesson on Getting rejected and then learning to reject kindly. Mm. It's well, hard. Going back to what we were talking about, like what what are tangible methods that you do that help with your rejection and um, with rejection comes anxiety and like self worth mm-hmm. and and it can kind of boil over into, you know, your personal relationships, or at least I've found like with my family or with my boyfriend or my friends. Um, and you know, I'll read self-help books, but at the end of the day, it is that hard thing going back to like, should I take medication? Like, should I, um, smoke weed? Should I have a vodka? And I hate drinking alone. That makes me feel weird. That's like, very, yeah, a little bit depressing it, Unless it's me. a glass of wine. Um, I'm like, ah, oh, drinking is something I do with my friends when I'm out at a concert or something. Yeah, where you're socializing. But, yeah, and it is different for different people for sure. But there's something a little, for me, the idea of like having like a vodka by myself is very depressing. <laughs> 
Well, you were like, saying meditation too. Yeah. So that was my big thing. I was just kind of recognizing who I was as a person, like how type A I am, how high strung I can be. I'm very ambitious. And these are things that I actually really like about myself. I like that I have a reason to get up and go do things, but it's kind of like there's a catch 22 when you have a lot of things you want to do. You can't, A, you can't do all of them. And B, you're going to have to keep putting yourself out there before you find like the right version of what it is that you want, whether it's the acting job or the right career or the, you know, a boyfriend that really like works with my life and, you know, I connect with and that I'm attracted to. Those all are going to take a lot of different types of trial and error. So I feel like I'm inherently setting myself up to deal with rejection and disappointment a lot. So my thing is learning about how I would stress out and burn out. I preemptively started to try to, you know, well, it was not preemptively. I had already dealt with a lot of stuff by then. But the meditation thing was like, started in 2013. I was like, I have a lot on my plate. I know how I get. I know how I break down. I don't want... Like, let's literally we rewire this or start incorporating some sort of practice to help myself. Because How long do you like, meditate? I do. I, I, I'm the laziest meditator. <laughs> I do guided meditations when I sleep because that's I was actually nursing. actually a really good time. I heard that's when things kind of seep into your subconscious. That's really was like, I'm such a thinker that I was like, I think too much. So mm-hmm. if I'm trying to meditate, I'm trying to listen. I'll like argue the voice or I'll like half listen to the voice of like, you're calm. You're good. You're da, da, da. And I'll be like, but tomorrow I need to, I'll just oh, drift man. away. I did that re- actually like a couple days ago when mm-hmm. I was starting to have my panics. <laughs> and, um, have you ever listened to a tape like that? That's maybe two hours long and you wake up in the middle of it yeah. and you all of a sudden it's quiet and you're just kind of waking up and you're like, Oh, maybe I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, it's one. And all of a sudden the voice just pops up out of nowhere. Like you are safe in your own body. You're like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> Who's in here? And then you pee your pants. Exactly. Instead I of in the got bathroom. So scared because I was listening to a tape where it was an affirmation. You are uh, loved. Pause. 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 For like yeah. thirty seconds, and then another one, and then another one. So I woke up during the thirty With this second creepy pause. ass voice, like yeah, speaking at you in the that dark. That was scary. Yeah. So proceed with caution. Meditation. <laughs> exactly. Again, another trial and error situation. But um, that, and then. Um, learning how to be vulnerable, learning how to, one of the things I would say to people, one girl that talked to me about, um, rejection that she faced on her date, it actually was when she related to me, I did, and this is the learning lesson of dating. She, she did share a lot really quickly and I don't know why this person ghosted her, but I think, you know, she was really open and vulnerable and, um, I think it may be, this is my hypothesis, like it might've freaked him out a little bit because it was a first date, but I'm just like, and I've been there too. I've told, that's why I could like advise her a little bit. I was like learning how to, um, calibrate your own self, like not to share too overshare too much for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. because I am very like, I love to share my thoughts and feelings, but to give things time to grow naturally and to read other people helps stave off rejection because I just feel like there's less to reject because we're just like really gradually getting to connect mm-hmm. whether that's with a friend or whether that's with like a love interest or even with a job it's like don't put all your eggs in the first basket yeah you know to me that's a way to deal with rejection of like you're you can put things there are things at stake but you can also help yourself by not putting too much at stake yeah right off the bat and something that also helps is remembering that the person that is rejecting you 
doesn't really care that much mm-hmm. well, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my sister about this because I was freaking out. And she was like, you know what? I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but like, you're not that important. You're going to go in. Yeah. You're going to go in and do your thing for five minutes. And then if they don't like you, they're going to say, nope. Uh, can you bring in the lunch menu? It's, it's lunch and uh, I want spaghetti. It's it's just such a, I do the same thing too. Sometimes, you know, if if I'm playing a show and I need a, a, I don't know, a a cello player, Mm -hmm. I'll look at a bunch of people that come my way and, oh no, not, not quite there. No. No, no. Oh, she's good. Oh, this one's good and has like great stage presence, like plus plus. Yeah. Oh, this one does that and also sings background vocals. Wonderful. She's perfect for this, but I'm not going through the other 10 and being like, sucks, sucks, wasted my time. Why would I even look at you? Exactly. It's, it's, It's really not personal at all. And they might send me a tape in a year and I probably won't even remember seeing their first tape and I'll say, oh, this person's great. And it's just, you know, they took time to practice and get better and totally true <sighs> i think it's yeah it's it's having perspective it seems like you know like yeah. being being objective about the situation um to not jump to conclusions all the time because you like all of us don't really know what the circumstances was on the other side of what caused that decision to happen and give yourself like the benefit of the doubt you know like yeah and here's the other thing too i've also learned from rejection that yeah, it's, well, here's, there are many options of how you can react. Like one is to just feel sorry for yourself. And that's okay. Like feel, you really cared about that. You didn't get it. That sucks. Like give yourself space, but also really learn, like, why didn't I get it? If mm-hmm. that's something that like you really care about, sometimes rejection can be the biggest gift because yeah. you're like, oh, you got rejected from becoming part of this ensemble course that you just did on a whim, but like, didn't really mean that much to you. And you got the rejection. You're like, yeah, I don't really feel like trying again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you went for it. Good for you. Got rejected. Now you don't want to pursue it anymore. On to the next thing. And I think it's good to be open too, because I, I've had instances where I've given criticism in in certain arenas where we're talking about art, and they ask, mm-hmm. and then it's like, no, that's not right. Mm-hmm. That's not it. Mm-hmm. And. I'm like, you know, I don't have any room to be gripping criticism on something that I'm still working on, but you asked for my advice and here it is. And, and, you know, that that's been a gift too. When somebody, you know, my family's really great at that. Um, and my sister is kind, she doesn't in a kind way, but you know, she'll come in and say, Oh yeah, a little bit pitchy, a little off key in some spots. Um, but you know, and then it, it lets me laser focus in on, okay, I'm a little flat here. What's going on? Let's yeah. work it. And, and instead of being like, F you, you're <laughs> you flat. You don't know. Your face is flat. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's to me, again, it's kind of like, I've seen that grow with my maturity. Yeah. To stop like, okay, once I kind of figured out if they're not attacking me, mm-hmm. it's sometimes like a rejection and no will really carve out what do I want then? Okay. So I didn't hit that. I didn't do so great in that X, Y, Z. Well, do I want to get better? If you care and you're mad and you're like all in an uproar, clearly indicates like, well, you care to get better then like actually get better so that it doesn't happen again the next time. And that I think is a very constructive way to deal with rejection and to do it uh, to me. I've also seen, and this is just note from like someone who's auditioned people had to reject people. I've also dealt with some really like shitty people who have very poor attitudes. I've heard people talk crap about collab, about whatever, like, and to me, 
it's fine because you can have your opinion. We could just be completely on totally different pages, but also the way that they paint the picture is just very bitter. Mm-hmm. And to me, doesn't indicate that they're particularly mature or gracious and they can't handle it's like, don't be a sore loser, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Just take the L. I've had, well, everyone's had to deal with the L and you're just being kind of a dick about it. That kind of sets you up for further rejection. Like, I know you're talented, but I also know you're a dick. So I just don't want to work with you ever again. Exactly. And if somebody asks me for my opinion on who's like a great artist to work with, you're not going to be at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. You actually might be at the top of my, you probably shouldn't work with that person. Cause if something goes wrong, they're going to act out in a very negative way. Yeah. Those things stick with you. So that's why I think it is to your own benefit to be as constructive and positive to make whatever the L was, the loss. And try to make it something that helps you, not drags you back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's hard. It's easier said than done, but... Mm-hmm. And that attitude, I mean, people remember it. And there's too many talented people in LA to try to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you, gratitude is really what... I mean, you just have to be grateful to even have the opportunity to be in the room with somebody or be able to work with somebody or get criticism from somebody, um, especially somebody you respect. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe you'll get criticism from somebody you don't really respect and you'll have to learn like, well, that person's opinion doesn't really make a difference at the yeah. end of the day. But in any case, yeah. Tia, you're wonderful. You're such a good therapist. <laughs> I feel ready to like conquer the world right now. It's like, yeah, I have a very level-headed approach to this and now I can <laughs> reject me. I dare you. I don't care. It is funny because when you really do start talking about something, you realize that you're not practicing what you preach. Even now talking about, you know, you just have to do this and this and this. I'm Ditto. like, I don't do any of those things in my real life. I curl, curl up in a ball and, and, you know, have my moments, but you really just have to, I mean, I, I this podcast was like a really good check rechecking in with myself about how to go about things and and really I mean positivity for me stems from gratitude yeah just keep that it's hard that's what I'm saying like it's a disclaimer it's for me absolutely 100% same like I'm just totally going through the list of all the stuff that I'm being kind of petty about right now but that's fine and it's a good check for everybody and no one's perfect but I think if you keep Again, just moving forward. That's really all you can do and say, okay, I didn't, no one's going to perfect anything. Just like give them that. (laughs) Say, I'm going to do better next time. Take your moment. I say cry. I'm big like, go cry. Me too. I do that (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Listen to Dia's music. It'll soothe you. That's why I like sad and angry music. That's why I was so heartbroken when Chester from Linkin Park died because that band and that man and like, and Beyonce and all the, all the artists that I love helped me deal with rejection, helped me deal with anger Mm -hmm. and feelings of like worthlessness or feeling hopeless and take that moment and then move on. Yeah. Moving on, I think is the end title of all rejection to just move on, whether it's in dating or career or entertainment or even family members. Yeah not getting the apartment you want. There's yeah. so, if you sit on it, it's just, if it did any good, I'd tell you to sit on it as long as you want, but it do, really does nothing. And you have to turn that rejection into some kind of action and progress moving forward. 100%. Love it. And we will, we will wrap on that note as sad as I am to do that. Thank you, Dia. I love Thank you, you for like, this was such a good like energy refresher. Oh, good. Um, if people want to find out more about you, where they, where can they find you? Um, 
um, I'm on Instagram at Dia Frampton and, uh, yeah. And all things. And all things. Go YouTube. Working on new music. Yeah, music. But not till next year. Okay. There's new things in the works. Yes. Yes. And after, when we actually put this podcast up, you'll have been done with your audition. Oh my gosh. So we'll see. We'll see if it kills me. That's not always kill you. Is it going to kill me? No. It won't. I shall, I shall hold it now. I don't know why I turn British when I get all <laughs> austere. But, um, thank you so much, Dia, for joining for this episode of First of All. If you enjoyed this episode, please, uh, subscribe, leave a five star review. I so appreciate them and I appreciate my patrons on Patreon for helping keep me afloat and make this podcast possible. So you can go to pa- uh, patreon.com slash first of all podcast. And also, if there's somebody else that you feel, um, could, could benefit from listening to this episode, please share this with a friend. Um, I've had so many great podcast episodes shared with me recently from awesome people in my life. So yeah, hopefully this can be something that brings a smile or some well, you know, much needed thought to somebody. Uh, so please share. You can find first of all on Apple podcasts, Google play, Stitcher, radio, public, Spotify, and everywhere you find podcasts. I am a very proud member of the potluck podcast collective which is a group of Asian-American podcast storytellers. Thank you to Marvin Yue, my producer, audio engineer, and thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger. And you can follow me at Minjeezy on Instagram. I've kind of given up on the first of all (laughs) Instagram because I just update my own. So let's just make them one and the same. Uh, And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you, Dia, again. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.